Hey guys, this is WWE superstar Charlotte Flair, and you're listening to Wells Mania Podcast. Woo! Wells Mania Podcast is sponsored by the Wild Beaver Saloon, the best damn karaoke bar in America, and toys galore and more. The best damn toy star in Indianapolis, conveniently located inside of the Toy Drop. Wow's Mania! The host, the Kyle Wells! The world's greatest co host, Peyton Payne! It's Wow's Mania! Welcome, everybody, to the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world. You are now running wild with Wells Mania Podcast. I am your host, V. Kyle Wells. Be sure to follow Wells Mania everywhere at Wells Mania. And I am joined in studio by the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne. And Peyton, we're not going to waste any more time. Kill this music. Give me something that really can set the mood. Thank you. All right, Peyton. Without further ado, you were down in Nashville, Tennessee, this past weekend for Ric Flair's last match. And the last time we heard from you, you, my friend, dropped one of the best shoot promos ever yeah done on the wells mania podcast rick flair thinks he's the only one that can talk trash uh-uh the wells maniacs want to know after witnessing rick flair's last match peyton do you still have heat with the nature boy rick flair Woo! personal beef yes i do i that'll never go away We're talking about the same guy that at WrestleMania 30, when I was a kid, had no money to my name, told me on Bourbon Street when I asked him, I went up to him as kindly as I could, Mr. Flair, could I please have a photo? And he told me to get lost unless I was paying him for it. Okay. Ric Flair is the biggest arrogant egotistical in the history of professional wrestling. Ooh, real quick. Speaking of... Holy balls! I had a Wells maniac, Nicholas Melvin, a.k.a. The Coach. He DM'd me. He goes, man, I always thought I was a nice guy, but I agree with almost everything that Peyton says on your podcast. So really, I'm an ass. Holy balls! So congratulations, Peyton. Hey, you know what? There's a lot of life benefits to being an Holy balls! You can be an Holy balls! You can be a great guy. Some of the greatest people in human history were. Holy balls. So good on Nicholas. But I figured you'd take that as a high compliment. Now, Ric Flair is not one of those great people, by the way. (laughs) I knew that was coming. But there you are. You're in Nashville, Tennessee for Ric Flair's last match. What'd you think? Look, personal beef aside, I'll give Rick his due. He came out of the ring. The crowd was hot. Everybody enjoyed it. There were goosebumps, you know. He went out there and he performed. I'll give him his credit. He performed. He didn't die. Not, even not bad for a seventy-three-year-old man. Even though at one point I legitimately thought he was having a heart attack, I, I I really did. He survived it. I don't know if he had a mild one or what, but he 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 got back up. He did bleed. He did bleed. He did bleed it's a not lot. A true Ric Flair match, unless he's bleeding or crying. No, and he did both. <laughs> Um, No, but he came out there. You know, I had a great time at the show. It was one of the most fun I've ever had at a pro wrestling event, even though the merch table was hell on earth. I waited 45 minutes to get a Ric Flair's last match T-shirt, but that's besides the point. That's a long time to wait for some merch. It is a long time. But you know what? I I was going to say once in a lifetime, but who knows? I mean, the ending of the match has me thinking that he might be another money grubbing. Let's do Ric Flair's last match, too, because, 
Okay, and I haven't seen anybody point this out. Flair, he cheated to win. He didn't. Does he didn't earn his victory? The dirtiest player in the game. Okay. That, that does not surprise he, me. He knocked out Jeff Jarrett with brass knuckles, and then put him in the figure four leg lock. And the idiot referee. Okay, it wasn't Mike Kyoto, by the way. Kyoto was refing, and he got knocked out, and some other doofus ran out. <laughs> okay, and then Flair did the leg lock on Jeff Jarrett, and the referee counted Jarrett's shoulders to the mat for the three count, even though. Flair's shoulders were also on the mat for the three count. Rick, don't celebrate. Don't act like you earned sh- Holy balls. Okay? There's an asterisk next to your last match victory. All right? Do you think, and I'm not a very conspiracy theory type of guy, but do you think that was done purposely to keep the door open for a potential? Because let's face it. You're not truly retired or done in professional wrestling unless you're physically unable to move or you're dead. And Ric Flair, surprisingly, is neither one of those things. So Ric Flair possibly could get back in the ring for Ric Flair's last match, too. Look, it's possible. It's either two things. One, it was planned, or two, he was just so gassed that he just literally couldn't even lift his arms off the mat. Honestly, that's probably what it was. And I don't know how many people, because you're right, I haven't seen too many people tweet about that. You're the only person that's actually brought that to my attention. So I'll be uh, keeping my eyes on that, yeah. and we'll be monitoring uh, monitoring old Nature Boy's Twitter. But it's pretty cool, man, because I did see that uh, some Hall of Famers were sitting front row. Yes. You, you had Brett the Hitman Hart. Mick Foley and The Undertaker. The phenom himself. And man, did that crowd get electric when The Undertaker walked I bet. out. Man, it was, you know, it added a whole new vibe. It would just had a big fight feel. I felt like I was weirdly at like a WrestleMania or something. Like that's the vibe I was getting. It was just a fun event. Overall, I had a great time. And, you know, despite never getting my photo with Flair, I got my picture with the next best thing. In my in my opinion, the guy who acted like Ric Flair better than Ric Flair on uh, Broadway, right in front of Tootsie's, I did get to meet Jay Lethal. I saw that. I, I, did, I did retweet the picture at Wells Mania. Do yourself a favor. It's a really cool pic yep. of Peyton and Jay Lethal. Yeah, uh, me and... Um, friend of the podcast Dion Freeman who was with me we were walking down and you've got a really funny I Dion Freeman story that I cannot wait for you I to do, tell I do I will I will go into that but we're walking down Broadway and Dion spots Jay Lethal and you know we go up to him and he was so cool he was immediately open he talked to us he was like yeah I'll take pictures with you guys he was He's one of the coolest guys I've ever met. So that was really awesome. You can go and see the picture on all my social media accounts. At Stone Pain Prod. Yes. Hit the GD follow button. That's another thing, too. I tried all weekend to get people to follow Wells Mania. What the hell is, is going on, Peyton? Why, why are people not hitting the follow button? Or in the wrestling world, they're no-selling me. A lot Uh of listeners out there, I know you're listening right now. They're no-selling it like Ric Flair no-sold me. Well played. Please do yourself a favor. Hit the follow button at Wells Mania and also at Stone Pain Prod. Now tell this story because you told it to me off the air and and I couldn't stop laughing. I've actually got a sound effect ready to go when we get to the really good part of this story. Look, so... uh, Hey, the floor's all yours. Look, it was, I mean, it's funny, but you had to have been there to really get the full laugh out of it. So after Jay Lethal, he was coming out of Tootsie's. He got, after he was done with us, I believe he got in a car and he left. And we go, we try to get into Tootsie's and the guy, shout out to the front door guy at Tootsie's. I don't know what his name is, but major props to this man. He goes and he sees my Ric Flair shirt, my Ric Flair's last match shirt that I waited 45 minutes for. Woo! And says, hey, are you guys wrestling fans? Like, yeah. He's like, okay, go to the side door over there and tell that guy that you're with the Ric Flair party. They're all doing a big thing up on the third floor. We'll let you up there. We're like, oh, dude, awesome. Thank you. So we go over there, and Dion tells the guy, like, hey, we're with the Flair party. And he's like, yeah, go on up. So we go up there, and they're all up there. Flair is on the stage area that's roped off, and there's, like, security. So I couldn't get to him, thankfully, because who knows what I'd have done to him. And Hell, Ric Flair's <clears throat> last match, too, could have been right there in Tootsie's. Yeah, no, we would have, we'd have had a bar fight right there. We get up there, and everybody's up there. Karrion Cross, Killer Cross, he wasn't there, unfortunately. I don't know where he was, but 
Davey Boy Smith Jr., Brian Pillman, they're all up there, and we're having a good time. And Brian Pillman keeps walking by, and Dion looks at me and goes, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna ask Brian if I can buy him a drink. Now, Dion is trying to save his money as much as he can. Okay, well, I hate to break it to him, but he's in the wrong place you know, to try to save money. Uh, yeah, no, he's in Nashville. But he was trying to save his money, and he was doing so good. He was doing so well. And we get up there, and he's thinking, you know, oh, I'll, I'll 20 bucks, you know, I'll buy him a drink. Okay. And he's like, Pillman's like, yeah, no problem. Hey, you want to do some shots? I'll do some shots with you guys. So he's like, here, lead, go over here. I've got a girl I'm with. You know, I don't know if it was his girlfriend. I probably some chick he picked up that night, you know, at the bar over at this other little bar where there's really nobody at. And Dion gets over there. And he's looking, and he's like, okay, uh, a shot for her, a shot for Mr. Pillman, a shot for me. And he looks at me now. I don't really drink, but... In he, that situation, you, you got to. In that situation, Dion was like, I'm, I'm getting you a shot. Like, you can't just stand here and not do one with Brian Pillman. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll get the shot. So he's like, I'll do four tequila shots. Again, he's thinking this is going to be like $20, okay? The bartender comes back, and she pours them out, hands them, boom. Yeah, that'll be $52, okay? Huh? His heart about he he turned as white as Ric Flair's hair. His heart sank to his feet. I could just see it in his face. He was thinking, how can I get out of this? So it's like uh, Dion is on the prices right. And Bob Barker says, all right, Dion, four shots of tequila. And it's $52. Yes. But Dion goes way under 20s nowhere near it and someone else guesses the right answer and then unfortunately bob says sorry dion that's not right and then plays the old <laughs> yeah that is pretty much what happened and after this that, guy sucks <laughs> and after i i gotta be honest i felt bad i really did i felt so i mean i couldn't help myself i was laughing so hard but i did feel bad for him and we we laughed that he's quiet. And when we get back to the hotel, he's just like, dude, I messed up so bad. He's like, I can't believe that just happened. He was like, when she said $52, I about I legitimately about fainted. <laughs> and then the scariest part, he was like, he was like, you know what? The scare the the worst first of all, the worst part of it was the shots weren't even good. They oh, sucked. Oh man. He was like That's th- bad when you spend all that money on alcohol that doesn't even taste good. It wasn't. I don't know what they were, but it was like straight kerosene. It Definitely was not good. was not Terramana tequila it, because Terramana tequila not. is the best tasting tequila that I've ever had. It definitely was not Terramana. No, so he was like, it wasn't even good. And then he was like, and dude, I was so scared for a moment because right when I was ordering the shots, like four other wrestlers, like the Briscoes, and their girls, and I believe the Rock and Roll Express were walking by. Hey, this guy's buying shots, everybody! And he, Yes, and he was like, I was petrified that Brian Pillman was going to be like, hey, this dude's buying shots. And, and when he, I was like, well, what would you have done? What would, how would you have gotten out of it? He was like, I'd have, I'd have played it off and been like, yeah, yeah, hey, uh, okay, cool, cool, I'm going to buy shots for everybody. I just got to run to the bathroom real oh quick. Oh, my God. And he was like, I would have gone to the bathroom and just bailed and then texted you and been like, meet me outside. We got to get the hell out of here. Well, Dion Freeman, I know you're listening to episode 76 of Wells Mania podcast. Let this be a lesson to be learned. If you don't have the money, don't offer to buy people shots because no matter where you go, in Nashville, Tennessee on Broadway, it's going to be pricey. So take the L, work hard, and make that $52 back. I will admit, though, later in the night, he was laughing about it. I did I did get him to laugh about it. And look, years from now, this will be a hilarious Oh, story. absolutely. Remember the time that you blew $50-plus on Brian Pillman and shots? It was hysterical. Well, I'm glad that you guys had fun. Now, looking back at the weekend, I do regret not going. Yeah, I wish you'd have been there. I had prior obligations, my nephew's birthday party. I couldn't make it Saturday to SummerSlam, and then I was busy all day on Sunday, so I wasn't able to make it. Although I kept telling myself, man, I wish I was down there in Nashville. Now, you did send me a video, and I'm going to throw you under the rug right here. You did send me a video saying that you are down to go to WrestleMania with me this coming year. 
Well, after watching SummerSlam, and we're going to dive into SummerSlam here in the next segment, but yes, I did say, man, I'm saving up my money now because I'm making it a top priority to be there next year in Hollywood, California at WrestleMania 39 because, because of what I witnessed at SummerSlam, I was so hyped after watching that show. And when we come back, we are going to dive into SummerSlam. You're listening to episode 76 of Wells Mania Podcast. Thank you all so much for running wild right here on episode 76 of Wells Mania Podcast. And we're keeping it down in Nashville, Tennessee. This right here, Crazy Town by Jason Aldean. It was one of the official songs of SummerSlam. And speaking of SummerSlam, speaking of Nashville, Tennessee, my favorite football team, the Tennessee Titans, they were sitting there front row behind the announcer's table. Taylor Luan, Kevin Byard, and the best damn running back in the entire NFL. All hail King Derek Henry. Tighten up, baby. Nissan Stadium was rocking, and they were rolling this past Saturday down in Nashville, Tennessee. And, yes, I, I have, uh, what do you call it, remorse? for not going but like I said I had prior obligations where I was unable to go but yes I I did tell Peyton Saturday night after SummerSlam all right that's it I'm saving my money for WrestleMania 39 that is my top priority is to get back to WrestleMania because the last WrestleMania that I was at was WrestleMania 28, and that was 10 years ago. Yeah, no, I will be there. I've already set it in my schedule. I will be going to WrestleMania 39 in Hollywood, California. So if you can go, man, let's party it up in Hollywood. Well, I am definitely saving up now, you and me, pal, WrestleMania 39, because we're going to be there all week, most likely. Yep. I mean, fan access, Hall of Fame, uh, SmackDown, Raw. Even just to experience L.A. Yeah, I've never been to California, so I'm actually really hyping myself up to make this a top priority. I mean, it's written in the stars. It was the old Wells Mania entrance music by Tiny Tempa. I got to do it. I got to go to WrestleMania because who knows when WrestleMania is going to come back to Indianapolis. Back to SummerSlam. Yeah, back to SummerSlam. I was about to go on another rant there, but we'll save that to close out the show. Man, SummerSlam was awesome. It was. SummerSlam was one of the best pay-per-views that WWE has put out in quite a while. This was the first pay-per-view under new head of creative, Triple H, and you could feel it. From the beginning of the show to the end of the show and everything in between, this show was so smooth. It flowed nicely and it felt important it felt like a big deal and that's how SummerSlam is supposed to feel Peyton this was once upon a time one of the big four Mm -hmm. pay-per-views the Royal Rumble SummerSlam Survivor Series and of course WrestleMania those were the top four pay-per-views back when I was a kid so this had me feeling like I was watching a SummerSlam from back in the 90s. We're talking about a show that last year, I don't even believe I watched until like two days later. Like well, I, well I, I watched it because it was John Cena versus Roman Reigns. Yeah. So that, that's what drew me in. And honestly, that was the only match that really I cared for for that entire no. card. But this show... I loved it. From beginning to the end... I was hook, line, and sinker. As was I. I enjoyed the whole thing. I was excited when the show started. I, I there was a different vibe in the air. You know, it just felt different. There, it, it felt like change is upon us. Change is happening. And man, oh man, did Triple H not waste any time right after that first Bianca Belair and uh, Becky Lynch match. And we're going to go match by match here, and we're going to give our quick thoughts on it because I want to give SummerSlam the love and the rub that it deserves because I'm telling you, man, this was one of the best pay-per-views 
that we have seen WWE put out in quite a while. And you're right. It had a different feel to it, a different vibe. It just felt important. It felt like what a SummerSlam is supposed to feel like. And I don't know about you, but I went 7-1 and one with my predictions. Should have been 8-0. But I really wanted the Street Profits to become the new Undisputed Tag Team Champions. We'll get there. We'll get there here in a second. But let's start with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. Bianca got her redemption from last year's SummerSlam when she lost to Becky Lynch, a returning Becky Lynch. This was a 15-minute match that really didn't feel like 15 minutes. These two have amazing chemistry. They got in there and they did the damn thing. This was a hell of fire show opener to start SummerSlam. It was, it was a good match. Um, you know, I, I'm almost glad that Triple H didn't go the route of having Bianca beat her again in like five seconds. I feel like that never should have happened last year. And Triple H wanted to be like, yeah, I want, I don't even want people to remember that being a thing. Like, let's not even attempt to go in that direction again because it was so bad the last time. Let's just let them have a 15-minute banger. And at the end, after Bianca and Becky showed that sign of respect, I thought that was a really cool moment. Bailey, a returning Bailey, came back, but she wasn't alone. She had Dakota Kai and EO Sky, mm-hmm. aka, or should I say FKA, formerly known as eo shirai she is now eo sky that's a name change peyton that i actually am digging it's not bad because it's not insulting it's not like butch or gunther or butch ludwig (laughs) kaiser or t-bar you know it's i mean it's a name that makes sense she was the genius of the sky she still has her same theme music she's still eo her gimmick hasn't changed she, I mean, it works. It's not an insult to the fans. I'm really excited to see where this goes because they made an impact this Monday night on Raw, and we'll get to that yeah. in the next segment, but I thought this was a really cool SummerSlam moment for those three women. It was awesome, and look, this is where, I mean, the game, pun intended, has changed, all right? Triple H, within five minutes, completely rewrote the entire women's division. The women's division on Raw was garbage. They only had Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, who Vince McMahon refused to turn back into a babyface, even though her as a heel was terrible. Nobody wanted it. It made no sense. She just was not good at it. And within five minutes, he completely redefined the Raw women's division. It might be the best women's division in all of pro wrestling within a five-minute time span Triple H did that. If that doesn't get you excited about what the future holds, I don't know what will. And that was one thing that I got asked from a lot of people once the news broke that Vince was stepping down and Triple H was taking over. They said, Wells Mania, what's something that you look forward to seeing change or something that's different under Triple H? And I said, well, one, make the tag team division feel special relevant again like bring bring back the the just excitement of a tag team division and also the women's division make the women's division feel important don't just keep giving me the same matches over and over again shake it up freshen it up make things feel different and that's exactly what we got this past saturday night now the next match on the card whether you love them or you hate them and no i'm not talking about the miz I'm talking about Logan Paul. Logan Paul beat The Miz, and that frog splash onto the announce table was a thing of beauty. You know that Eddie Guerrero, shining down from the heavens above, had a big smile on his face because that was one awesome frog splash. And here's another 14-minute match that didn't feel like 14 minutes, but man, Logan Paul is so damn good in that ring now i know he's got some questionable stuff that he's done outside of the squared circle but there's a lot of people that are like that so if you can get past your personal grudges with these superstars and actually watch what they do when they're in the ring that's craft my guy it is you know i'm learning new verbiage by the way i am i can tell I am going to give Logan Paul all the props he deserves. He, after that performance, I'm going to go ahead and say it. He might be the greatest celebrity in-ring performer in pro wrestling history. 
That's high praise. I mean, Bad Bunny was really uh, that, impressive. That Bad Bunny was good. He did the Canadian Destroyer, but it was. I mean, Logan Paul went in there and did a 15 minute show stealer with the Miz at SummerSlam. And I definitely want to give props to the Miz because the Miz now in his career, he's starting to put over these younger superstars. He worked really well with Logan Paul at WrestleMania and now here at SummerSlam. So it's really cool to see a veteran like the Miz who's very underrated still to this day the Miz has quite the rap sheet for his professional career and he is gonna be a a future WWE Hall of Famer so that was a really fun match there this match was only four minutes and 45 seconds Bobby Lashley defeated Theory easy peasy we knew this was gonna be a quick one Uh, Bobby Lashley hella over I love the shot of him standing there and the fireworks on top of Nissan Stadium going off. Bobby Lashley's a big deal in my book. You know what? He's very over. This is exactly what it needed to be, and I think that this was one of those things that Triple H was like, we've got to make this title feel relevant. we got to make the champion look, you know, destructive and imposing. We're going to have Lashley dominate Austin Theory. And we'll talk more about the United States title because something really cool happened this past Monday night on Raw involving the United States title. We'll get there in the next segment. The next match was a no disqualification tag team match. The Mysterios, Ray and Dominic Mysterio, they defeated Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. And we called it. We said it on the last episode of Wells Mania podcast. Edge would come back and he would assist the Mysterios to beat the Judgment Day. And that's exactly what happened. And I love it. I'm here for it. Edge is back. He's fired up more than ever before and he's out to make the judgment day's life a living hell it was a good match i enjoyed it even though dominic mysterio has got to get some new wrestling gear i'm sorry but dom it ain't working i mean the 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 full body thing he's got going on it just it it makes me cringe every time i see him i am digging the mullet though i I like the mullet the mullet it kind of reminds me of old school eddie guerrero the mullet is when he had his mullet back in his early wcw days the mullet's cool if you look at it as an eddie flashback but the gear has got to change so maybe if he turns heel he can change it up but no i enjoyed the match um the edge thing was a little predictable i think we all knew it was coming but it was necessary it needed to be done edge came back by himself didn't have anybody with him which kind of shocked me i thought he'd have some backup but uh, he came out there and did what he needed to do now i don't know this is real quick did you notice when ray did the splash at the end of the match was that a botch it it did it looked like he He, uh... like he leaped the rope and just nosedived right onto Balor. And I was like, I don't know if he meant to do that. No, that was a total botch, but I'm really glad that he was still able to pull that move off safely. But yeah, I I, I caught that too. And I was like, oh man, maybe the 20 years is catching up to him. But then a couple of nights later on Raw, nah, man, he's he's good. He's fine. Those ropes were super slick or something because there were some other people on the card that had some issues with those ropes. Pat McAfee defeated... Happy Corbin, and uh, I've had my differences with Pat McAfee, but I have squashed that beef. I don't dislike him like I used to. I actually respect the guy because he can get in there. Here's another guy who was slipping on the ropes. That's who I was mentioning. Yes, it was Matt. Pat McAfee had a a moment there where he, uh, that superplex, that was pretty. It was. That thing was nice. Pat has all the skill in the world. I will say, out of all the matches he had, I think this he struggled in this one more than the others. This one had this one was a little more sloppy, but it pay, I mean it still worked, but out compared to the other ones this was probably his worst. Yeah. But it was still really good. Well, we call that karma catching up to him for all the crap that he's given my Tennessee Titans during his career. However, I will say I loved his entrance. He may have had entrance of the night. Yeah, that bum-ass Corbin uh choir singing that, that was pretty legendary right there. Uh, The next match, the tag team match for the undisputed WWE tag team titles, the Usos retained, defeating the Street Profits. Shout out to the Street Profits. They came out with the Titans cheerleaders. Huge pop from me. I'm a Tennessee Titans fan. And also their gear, their ring gear was Tennessee Titans inspired. And I was really hoping that they would pull off a Music City miracle. See what I did there? 
and beat the Usos, but that just wasn't in the cards. The Usos retained, but I really, really loved the Street Profits. And you tweeted this out, and I think you are onto something here. I'm sensing that a breakup is coming between these two guys. Oh, now, it's coming. If they would have won this past Saturday, no breakup. But because they lost, and then this past Monday night on Raw, we'll get into that. Yeah, I think a breakup is ultimately coming. But it's coming. I think these two guys will do good as singles competitors. With Triple H at the helm? I think they'll be fine. If it was Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard running the show, you might as well just fire Angelo Dawkins now. But it, that ain't the case anymore. And I do want to give love to Jeff Jarrett. He did a phenomenal job as the referee in this match. He did. However, I will say, I don't really understand what the point of him being there was. It was he didn't it was really... Nashville. I mean, you got a guy. And also, I think the, the whole Ric Flair's last match. Yeah. Potentially, people might have wanted to tune in to SummerSlam to see how Jeff Jarrett would be in the ring if he would smash a guitar over yeah. somebody's head, which he didn't do. I just feel like, I, I don't know, they could have utilized him a little bit more. I don't really understand the point of what he was there for, but I, I told somebody that he was there to get his cardio in. It's probably why, what it was. It's probably what he it did. Was. He, he was moving all over the ring, but I thought he did a good job as the special guest referee. Uh, Liv Morgan defeated Ronda Rousey and retained the SmackDown women's title. Now, this match... This was probably the worst match on the card. It it could have gone a little bit better, but I'm okay. I'm okay with the finish. It, it, I'm it, okay no, with the it. finish was genius. The finish was brilliant. It was totally a Triple H finish. He That had Triple H written all over it. The finish was genius. It made Ronda look good. It lives, survived it, made her look tough because she didn't quit. And then Ronda finally turning heel after the match, beating up the ref and trying to break Liv's arm. Way overdue. That should have happened months ago. And because of that, she is now suspended, a.k.a. she is taking some time off until she's needed again. But yeah, yeah this match, it was only four minutes, which is what it should have been. I'm really glad that Liv retained because I'm glad that she's getting her push as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, Peyton, this takes us to the main event. It was a last man standing match for the undisputed WWE Universal title. Roman Reigns defeated Brock Lesnar, but the highlight of the night and the highlight of the year, yeah, something that I have never seen before in my three-plus decades of watching professional wrestling, Brock Lesnar lifted the ring with a tractor. Yeah, that was nuts. Holy, holy balls. Thank you, Mean Gene Okerlund. That was insane. Wow. The, the, just the sight of that was unbelievable. Look, here, this was the best Lesnar-Reigns match they've ever had. They've they completely redeemed themselves from the just the garbage match they had at WrestleMania. It was innovative. It was different. And bringing the tractor, making this a uh, last man standing match was the perfect stipulation because you're sitting there wondering, man, what are you going to do to keep either one of these guys yeah. down? Because they kept getting back up. Now, and, I, and then finally, it took, uh, it took yeah. the Usos and Roman Reigns burying Lesnar with everything that they could find there at ringside. Now, I have a theory. I think... Oh, Theory. Speaking of Theory. Yes. Theory tried to cash in. We called this on the last episode of Wells Mania Podcast. We called it. It failed. We said that he would have an attempted, but it wouldn't be a successful cash in. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. No, it failed. No, but... Just my another reason why it pays. I'm sorry. I'll let you get to your point. Yeah. Just another reason why it pays to run wild with the Wells Mania Podcast. Peyton and I know our stuff. We do. We do. And... I think I know that the whole tractor thing with lifting the ring, I don't think that was planned. I think Brock did that under his own free will. I think Lesnar, because here's here's the one I was watching it. They tried to do that spot where Lesnar threw Reigns in the tractor, you know, and like lifted him up and dumped him, and it just didn't look good. No. Roman no. Roman landed on his feet. It was a terrible bump. It didn't look good. I think Brock was like, we've got to do something that is just absolutely insane. I think Lesnar went off script, went under his own free will, and said, F it, and drove the tractor into the ring and lifted it up just to do it. I don't think it was planned. 
Well, it was definitely one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. Definitely something that will be talked about for a very long time. And there was a moment there where I was like, oh my God, what if Brock Lesnar hits the F5 on Roman Reigns from atop the tractor into the ring? Yeah. I I, I thought for a split second when Roman was in the tractor that Brock was going to climb on top where the uh the the, the, the thing top, was yeah the, when he the dumped top, in the top of the tractor sorry i'm not a farmer i don't know i don't know the the, the technical terms here the if, front of it if yeah if you're a farmer out there listening to the wells mania podcast what do you call the front of a tractor the part where he lifts things with it <laughs> the part where the dirt goes uh but yeah when roman was in there i thought for sure brock was going to climb on top and hit the f5 sending roman into the ring that would have been cooler than dumping him i was disappointed that that's not what we got but if that would have happened that was it now you're not getting up from that do you want to know how i think they were going to end the match sure and this is also what makes me think it wasn't staged because if it was staged i feel like they would have done this for a minute i thought oh my god there's only one way they're going to be able to keep Brock down. I thought that at the end of this thing, Roman was going to tell the Usos, throw him under the ring, throw Brock under the ring, and Roman would get in the trailer and back it up, the tractor, tractor, back it up and let the ring fall on top of Lesnar. Yeah. And then the referee would be like, oh my God. And then they'd have to count it because they literally just crushed him under the full weight of the wrestling ring. That's how I thought it was going to end. I don't know how safe that would have been, but I do like the way that that match ended because I called it on last episode of Wells Mania podcast. I said that we're going to get Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre at Clash at the Castle, and that's exactly what we are getting Mm -hmm. in September. And another beef that I have, the only thing, the one thing that I didn't like about SummerSlam, it wasn't in August. That's my one beef with SummerSlam. It took place July 30th. I want it to take place in August, so please, moving forward, have SummerSlam in August. August, by the way, the best damn month of the year because yours truly was born in it and also i got a brand new nephew peyton i want to take this time to shout out my sister Brittany and my brother-in-law ricky they welcomed a baby boy to the world on august 1st little nolan is here future professional wrestler i'm calling it now nolan i promise to keep myself in shape you and i we're gonna run wild in that ring together about 20 years from now but yeah, I love you, B. I love hey, you, Hey, if Ric Flair can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. But I love you guys. Thank you for making me an uncle for the fourth time, baby. And when Peyton and I come back, we are going to dive into Monday Night Raw. You're listening to episode 76 of Wells Mania Podcast. Please, Triple H, for the love of God, bring this theme back for Tommaso Ciampa. You're off to a great start with rebranding Ciampa. We all saw Raw this week. I popped so hard for it. We're starting off great, but get rid of that garbage that Vince McMahon gave him. And bring this theme back, please. Yeah, this right here is a banger. This is uh, Tomasa Champa. Would you like Tomasa back? Yeah. As well? Bring it all back. The psycho killer, Tomaso Champa. Well, Champa had a pretty big Monday Night Raw. We'll get into that momentarily. Houston, you still have a problem. Pretty sure you're still asleep. Oh, my God. They were terrible. That Houston crowd did not deserve no the phenomenal episode of monday night raw this past monday night was officially triple h's first monday night raw as the new head of creative in wwe you could feel it you could feel it all show long Dude. started out hot with becky lynch doing the promo she's injured so she's gonna be taking some time off bianca belair comes out you know they have a nice moment of embrace you know you are the man becky lynch is what bianca said to becky and then of course 
the new stable of Bailey, mm-hmm. EO, Sky, and uh, Dakota Kai. They came out and they made their presence felt. So it was a fire start to Monday Night Raw, but that Houston crowd was not very lively at all. I hope Houston never gets another WWE event ever. They don't deserve it. And that's the thing. It's like... What were they doing? Like, were you not watching what was going on in the squared circle? This was the best Monday Night Raw in years. And this crowd was dead. They did not deserve this at all. Now, I did tease this earlier because the United States title got a really cool video package. And nobody does video packages like the WWE I love what WWE is doing, making the United States title feel prestigious. Relevant again. As it once was in the past. Now, do us all a favor. Make the Intercontinental title great again. Oh, it'll happen. Bring back the white strap. I love the white strap Intercontinental title. I'm a sucker for that. That is a uh, 90s version of the Intercontinental title. Bring that back, and you'll really get that nostalgia and that popping. We're going to close out the show talking about nostalgia, Peyton, because I got a lot of nostalgia to get to. But the first match of the night was that triple threat match between AJ Styles, The Miz, and Mustafa Ali. And it's damn good to see Mustafa Ali be able to showcase what he's able to do. That 450 splash into the Styles clash was one of the best sequins that I've seen in quite a while. That was phenomenal, pun intended. It was amazing. And real quick, this was a different product. I mean, this was a completely different show, a completely different product than we have been getting for the the last decade. I didn't feel like I was watching Monday Night Raw. And even I'll admit, you know, I'm the most positive wrestling fan that you'll ever encounter. Nine times out of ten, I always have something positive and good to say about WWE. But even I can notice... A big difference an improvement was, there was an improvement here this show felt smooth it flowed nicely it didn't drag on the only beef i have was the houston crowd because they just weren't with it at all and that really comes across on the tv watching on the usa network you could have heard me yell wells mania is running wild like you could have heard me yell that if i was there in attendance uh, where the houston rockets play and i love what chad gable said about the rockets you know they're used to losers yeah there in houston the last time the houston rockets won the nba title was 1995 you were born in 1990 what Peyton seven yeah so you weren't even alive yet when the Houston Rockets last won a title so that city definitely needs to wake up H-Town wake up what are you doing but I really love no that triple threat was great triple threat and I love that AJ won the match the way that he did it was good and did you notice Mustafa Ali got his first name back Yes, I did. So if that is a sign of of things to come, then I guarantee you lots of people will be getting their names back and there will be none of this stupid one name thing that Vince and Bruce Pritchard, they loved for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I think a lot of older names are going to be coming back and Mustafa Ali got his name back. So hopefully Champa will get his Tommaso back. But Montez Ford... Versus Seth freaking Rollins? Are you kidding me? On Monday Night Raw? Man, I love Montez Ford. He's so good. He is one of the, and I tweeted this out, he's one of the most athletic, talented wrestlers in professional wrestling today. When he does ultimately get his singles push, sky's the limit with Montez Ford. And oh, he'll be up there too. Because that dude, he could jump, man. He has so much athleticism in him that he's over. I mean, he is so over. He is. He deserves a really, really strong push as a singles wrestler. Well, he he does, and a singles wrestler he will be because the Street Profits will be breaking up. I guarantee you the, the, the rock, paper, scissors thing sealed the deal for me. When they were going to do rock, paper, scissors to fight Rollins, which, which Rollins even made comments like, why don't you come back and fight me after you've broken up and you're singles wrestlers? They're teasing it. Oh, yeah. And then when Montez just right in the middle of the rock, paper, scissors game grabbed the ref and just completely screwed Dawkins over and just stole the spotlight, Dawkins is going to turn on Montez Ford. It's going to happen. And I can't wait until it does because that's going to be a fire match right there. Montez Ford versus Angelo Dawkins, and I'm here for it. 
We got a really awesome women's match, Alexa Bliss versus Asuka. And then, of course, Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai made their presence felt again. I love that they were featured multiple times throughout the show because they beat down Becky in the back, and then now they come out and they're ambushing Alexa and Asuka. They're really making them feel like a big deal. They are leading to, and I'm calling it now, you can quote me on this, Bailey and Bel Air at Clash at the Castle, and Bailey will win the title. You know what? You heard it here first on episode 76 of Wells Mania Podcast Champa versus Dolph Ziggler versus Chad Gable. Uh, this was a wrestling match. Show stealer. Chad Gable is so underappreciated, he he's is. so underrated. Uh, we know a little thing about underrated. But, man, this match was so much fun to watch. Dolph Ziggler, and I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again, he is one of the best sellers in all of professional wrestling. And Champa's running knee, that thing is vicious. Champa has the best knee in the business. That's a very vicious knee. And uh, your boy, AJ your Styles boy found that out later in the night. It's, I was going to say, your, boy, your he, boy won, and then he beat AJ Styles later on. They made Champa look like a star on this show. All you got to do is get him away from the Miz. And if you don't mind, I, I told you my theory on this. Can I can I pitch it right now? Tell it again. W- why we're talking about Champa. This is I'm calling it. I I would bet money this is what's going to happen. You have got to get Champa away from the Miz. Triple H knows this. He's not stupid. But you can't just do it. You got to tell a story. You got to finish what Vince started. Next week, we all know Champa is going to go one-on-one with Bobby Lashley for the United States title in what I'm guessing is going to be the main event of the evening because they want to propel the u.s title back to its glory days they're gonna put on a a banger a barn burner of a match the miz is going to attack champa may champa might lose clean miz might screw him but miz is going to turn on champa all right this show is in cleveland okay cleveland the hometown of the miz that's the key there cleveland Cleveland, hometown of the Miz. And hopefully the Cleveland fans are actually awake for this match. They will be. I I guarantee they will be. Because what you're about to say, it's going to get a huge pop. It will. Because Cleveland is not only the hometown of the Miz. Cleveland is the hometown of the rebel heart, Johnny Gargano. And Johnny Gargano will be coming back to WWE. What better place to do it than in his hometown of Cleveland when his best friend, Champa, is getting a U.S. title match and will be betrayed by The Miz and getting assaulted. He will need help. Gargano comes out to a massive ovation in his hometown. Everybody knows who he is there. Saves Champa, and we get a DIY reunion on Monday Night Raw, immediately revitalizes the tag team division, and then we can look ahead to DIY versus the Usos for the undisputed tag team titles. I dig it. I dig it. I'm here for it. I would enjoy it because there needs to be a tag team out there that will dethrone the Usos, and it very well could be a reunited DIY. So next Monday night on Raw, be sure to be tuning in to the USA Network, and we'll find out if Peyton's prediction will come true. To wrap up this past Monday night, Raw, EO Sky versus Bianca Belair. I'm glad that that ended in a no contest. Keeps both women strong. And of course, but they still had a 17 minute match. It's, yeah. It, and, and those two got in there and they worked. Those two put on the work. And then the show closed out with the Usos retaining the WWE undisputed tag team titles with the 1D defeating the Mysterio. Now, I want to get your opinion on what, what do you think they're doing here? Edge came out and accidentally speared Dominic. And that's how the show ended. Is this leading to the Dominic heel turn? What I mean, are they going to tease something between Ray and Edge? What is the plan here? What are they leading towards? Def- Why do I that I definitely spot? noticed that spot, and uh, I loved that Rhea Ripley was bullying Dominic Mysterio. I can't get enough of that. So please give us more Rhea Ripley beating up Dominic Mysterio. I don't know why, but I find that entertaining and amusing. I enjoy it. I'm a fan of Rhea Ripley. Ultimately, I've always thought that eventually Ray and Dominic, the father-son duo, will break up and we will get that. That's a dream match for Ray. I'm assuming that he would always love to wrestle his son. 
and Edge could be the divide between those two. Edge could do what he does best, manipulate. So I think that they'll try to work together, and then eventually there's going to be more rifts in that father-son bond, and Edge is going to be the one that probably breaks it up. So we'll probably ultimately get Ray versus Dominic Mysterio, but what this really is leading to is probably Edge versus Ray Mysterio, a little bit of nostalgia. Hey, that's a great segue because when we come back, we're going to go home talking about nostalgia because I got to tell Peyton the wormhole that I went down and I got to tell all of you out there listening to episode 76 of Wells Mania Podcast. Just like the Ultimate Warrior did back at WrestleMania 8, at the Hoosier Dome, you're running wild with Wells Mania Podcast right here. Episode 76, the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne, running wild with me as always. And Peyton, I tease that this go-home segment is going to be about nostalgia. Because when you hear the Ultimate Warriors theme music, I get taken back to my childhood when the ultimate warrior ran wild. And yes, I got lost last night down a wormhole of watching videos of the Hoosier Dome imploding. That, if that doesn't scream nostalgia, I don't know what does because the older I'm getting, Peyton, the more I'm realizing how nostalgic I'm becoming. I find myself going back to WrestleMania 8 a lot because I was there. I was there with my dad and my grandma when I was five years old. And WrestleMania has not been back since 30 years ago. I believe it's the longest dry spell in WrestleMania history. So hopefully all this manifesting that I've been doing for years now, hopefully WWE realizes that Indianapolis is long overdue. And we get WrestleMania back because I was watching YouTube videos of the Hoosier Dome, which is no longer here, RIP to the Hoosier Dome, but it's forever right here. And I'm pointing to my heart and it's up here. I'm pointing to my head. I call my my brain the Hoosier Dome because that's where all my crazy, wild, creative runs is in my Hoosier Dome. But Peyton, I was watching these videos and it got me thinking about other stadiums that hosted WrestleMania. And then I got on TikTok and I saw this TikTok about Pontiac Silverdome, where the Detroit Lions played all those years. And of course, WrestleMania 3 in the Pontiac Silverdome. And that is where Hulk Hogan, brother, body slammed Andre the Giant. And Macho Man Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat put on one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. But that stadium's no more. It got demolished and destroyed as well. So it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy to think of things that are no longer here. Well, there's been a couple others. Isn't like uh, the Astrodome from WrestleMania 17, it no longer exists either. I'm pretty sure it's gone. The Georgia Dome is gone. I was there at WrestleMania 27 at yeah. the Georgia Dome. It's no longer so, yeah, there's uh, quite a few stadiums and arenas that are no longer that have held past WrestleManias, and we are a part of that because the Hoosier Dome is long gone. But then I started thinking about other things in life that just bring me joy, and nostalgia is one of the things that really helps with my mental health because I get in uh, my own way more often than not, but then I find myself circling back to things in the past that make me feel good. And I start thinking about WrestleMania eight. And then that got me down this wormhole looking at pictures and videos from WrestleMania eight. And I tweeted this out at Wells mania. It's this really cool picture and I've never seen it before. It was Bobby, the brain Heenan on a WrestleMania eight bus. And I tweeted it out and I put it on my Instagram and then one of my followers on Instagram, his page is also a nostalgia page. It's dedicated to the late, great Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect underscore the fan page where he posts nothing but Mr. Perfect promos, pictures, and whatnot. So he, he said, 
how cool would it have been to get this pick signed by Bobby? Which also made me think of the time where I could have got Bobby Heenan's autograph, but I didn't. Have I ever told you this story? I don't believe I have. All right, so I'm going to tell it to you. I'm going to tell it to Mr. Perfect's fan page because I said, have I ever told you my Bobby Heenan autograph story? If not, I'm going to tell it again on episode 76 of Wells Mania podcast. And then he replied back with sounds good. So let me take you all the way back to fan access 1992 here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And at the time you got to remember, I'm a five-year-old kid. I love Hulk Hogan. I love the ultimate warrior. I love macho man, Randy Savage. I don't love Bobby the brain Heenan. I don't love the weasel. He's a heel. Why would I, a kid, be a fan of Bobby the Brain Heenan? So my dad took me to this like fan access autograph session where the wrestlers were signing autographs. And of course, I wanted Macho Man Randy Savage's autograph, but he wasn't there. Bobby the Brain Heenan was. My dad notices the weasel sitting at his table and there's no line. My dad looks at me and goes, hey, do you want to go get Bobby the Brain Heenan's autograph? And I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't really want Bobby Heenan's autograph. He's like, come on, let's at least go meet him. So we walk up to Bobby Heenan's table and Bobby in full character, full gimmick. Hey, kid, you want my autograph? I, an unfiltered five-year-old kid, I look at Bobby the Brain Heenan and I say, no, I don't want your autograph because you're not the macho man Randy Savage. My dad and Bobby the Brain Heenan were both speechless. Bobby the Brain Heenan, speechless, looks at me with this like this dumbfounded look on his face like, really, kid, do you know who the hell I am? Like, that's probably what he was thinking. (laughs) So my old man looks right at Bobby the Brain Heenan and says, well, sorry, Weasel, for wasting your time. Let's go, Kyle. Let's get out of here. So I walked away from Bobby the Brain Heenan's table without an autograph. I bet that eats at you. Not not really, because, you know, as a five-year-old kid, and this is back in 1992, so who knows if I would still have the autograph to this day, because I don't have the... WrestleMania 8 event t-shirt anymore. Can't find it. I had it. It was way too big for me, but I wore it as a, you know, like a pajama shirt and there's pictures of me. I'll see if I can find those, but I can't find that shirt for the life of me. And then I've gone on eBay. No, no. The prices that people are wanting for that shirt are way, way out of, out of my price range. But I just thought that was a really fun story to share with all of you. And uh, just like Ric Flair, no selling you, Peyton, I once upon a time no sold one of the greatest voices in broadcast history, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Did you get anybody's autograph or did you just no sell everybody because you only wanted Macho Man? I don't recall getting anybody. I don't even recall this story. My dad was the one that had to tell it to me. I don't really remember this story. I do remember being at WrestleMania though, but I don't necessarily remember no selling the weasel. And I don't really remember getting anybody else's autographs. But what I do remember is getting the Hacksaw Jim Duggan 2x4 foam board that they sold at the merch store at WrestleMania 8. I got that, and I got the event t-shirt, and I believe I got a Hulk Hogan teddy bear. I don't have any of that stuff anymore, and it really pains me because I do have a lot of stuff from my childhood, but I can't find anything from WrestleMania 8, and that is what eats me up the most, baby. Mm, Yeah, that would suck. But nostalgia, man. Nostalgia is everything. Embrace it. Embrace all of it. Nostalgia is what keeps me going. It really helps with my mental health, You know, and and it just puts me in a good place feel good move and don't let modern think too many people let modern things or outside the world of wrestling destroy how they feel about certain subjects or people or characters or just nostalgia like you know even like this past week at SummerSlam they brought back Kane for a moment my god it's Kane and he did his you know he did the the fire the fire pyro and it popped me so hard like that's a nostalgia moment for me it popped me so hard and I tweeted out I was like oh, oh it's awesome seeing one of my all-time favorites get that maybe one for the last time that pyro on a massive stage like that it was so cool and of course I had like multiple people message me and go 
You know, like, why would you pop for it? He was getting booed in the arena. Like, you're you're wasting your time enjoying something like that. And I was, I responded, I was like, you people are the ones that are what's wrong with pro wrestling. Or not even just pro wrestling, the world in general. And those people are the ones that are negative. They're miserable. They've got toxicity. They want to bring others down around them. We don't do that here at the Wells Mania Podcast. We encourage nostalgia and don't be afraid to run wild with it. Which takes me, Peyton, to a couple shout-outs that I have because the Wells Mania merch store is running wild. KTPmania.com. Shout-out to partners of the Wells Mania podcast, the Kitchen Table podcast, Ryan Gant and Matt Stumpo. Those guys do phenomenal work. They are partnered with us. There's a World's Greatest Co-Host t-shirt that's out there. Buy it. Available right now. Spend your money. Of course, the Wells Mania podcast t-shirt is running wild. And there's a lot of cool stuff on the KTPmania.com website. And I debuted on Twitter. Yes, this is the official Twitter of the Wells Mania merch store at Wells Mania Shop. Hit that follow button for all of the latest Wells Mania merch. I will make sure I get it up on that Twitter and feel free to retweet and share it with everybody. Before I get to these shout outs, yes, Peyton, you look like you have something you want to say. Earlier in the night, you mentioned Nicholas. What's his name? His the full- coach. Yeah, the coach. Nicholas Melvin. He, he's a big fan of you. Yes, and he said he thinks now that he's as big of an a-hole as I am. All right, well, Nicholas, I'm I'm calling you out. you got to prove it to me. Go and buy the World's Greatest Co-Host t-shirt. And Pro- can koozie. All of it. And buy- the rally towel. Buy it all, okay? Prove to me that you are as big of an Holy balls. as I am by buying the merch and tagging me in it, I want to see the proof. And then you will shout him out on a future episode of Wells Mania Podcast. And potentially, once we get 8x10s, because there's going to be Wells Mania 8x10s, and there's going to be the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne, 8x10s. And I think that those are going to sell really well. And of course, we will autograph those and send you them You know out. what? That's got me thinking of another merch idea. Well, send it to Ryan. He's I'm, our merch guy. I'm an ass. Holy balls. And I know it. I'm debating whether or not I should censor <laughs> all the a-holes because there are a lot of kids that listen to this show. And the last thing I want to do is they hear you saying it or me. You can bleep me. Me saying it. And then the, their mom and dad is like, but you have to admit, oh, where did you learn that word? Well, Spania podcast. And then bam, we get all sorts of hate mail and hate tweets and whatnot. You have to admit, it's a good merch idea though. It is a pretty clever one. That'll be in the works. That'll be in the works. The, I once drank a PBR with John Cena t-shirt. It is coming. I promise. Ryan is working on a really cool design for that shirt, but I want to close out the show giving shout outs to where shout outs need to be given. My dude, my brother, Timmy, Tim VP Ginder, he bought two can koozies. He sent me a picture. I popped. Feel free to bring those to the upcoming Charlie Hustle Fantasy Football League draft. Chris Ingle, the axe man, Johnson County axe throwing down in Whiteland, Indiana. He not only bought can koozies, but he, Peyton, bought a Wells Mania t-shirt. So I got one up on you there. Shout out to Rick Johnston. Him and I went to Ball State. Chirp, chirp. He DM'd me the other day because I tweeted, DM Wells Mania, and I'll give you a promo code. All you got to do is follow Wells Mania, slide headfirst into my DMs like your WWE Hall of Famer Pete Rose, and ask for the discount code. And guess what, Peyton? I'll give it to you because I gave it to Rick, and now Rick, who's a big fan of the Wells Mania podcast, much love to you, brother, he's going to go to the Wells Mania merch store and buy some merch. And then, last but not least, I don't know if you saw this painting or not, but at Jess Skywalker 10, she's an artist. She's a painter. She had some other paintings on her Twitter, and I asked her straight up, I said, hey, do you think you could paint the Wells Mania podcast logo? And she said that she'd give it a shot. Well, she traced it on her canvas. She drew it on there, and then she painted it. And Peyton, I'm telling you, man, this thing is is badass. Jess, you did a phenomenal job. She was like, this was one of the hardest things that I've ever painted, but you did it. And it looks so good. And once we receive it, we will cut a promo with it. We'll make sure to help you out 
and send people your way because you never know. People might have other requests for you for your paintings. So thank you to Timmy, Tim VP Ginder, the Axeman, Chris Engel, Rick Johnston, and at Jess Skywalker 10. Thank you all so much for your support, supporting the most underrated wrestling podcast in the world, Wells Mania Podcast. Now, Peyton, nostalgia, WrestleMania 8, the Hoosier Dome, Indianapolis, Indiana, and really any WrestleManias around this era always closed with Hogan must pose. I legit thought you were going to say closed with Terry because this is his theme song. This is the immortal Hulk Hogan, brother. And before we go, dude, Peyton, world's greatest co-host, is there anything out there that you want to plug to all the Wells maniacs running wild around the world? What you gonna do when Hulkamania and Wells Mania run wild on you? I feel like I gotta do it in the Hogan voice now. Oh, you got an impression? I can try one. To close out the show? To give my social media, let me try it. Well, let me tell you something, brother. All right? All you little Hulkamaniacs out there, dudes, you can go follow my Twitter, at StonePaintProjack. And go follow Wells Mania and wrestle with this so you can watch all the Hulkamaniacs slam Andre the Giant week in and week out on Wells Mania, wrestle with this, and our Twitter, Jack. Go and follow Stone Pain Prod, brother. Well done. I think that might have been your first impression that you've done on the Wells Mania podcast, and I think that was pretty solid. Hogan really never made sense in his promos anyway, so I thought I did a pretty good job. Well, that's going to do it. It wasn't as bad as Warrior. Oh, man, don't even get me started on Warrior. <laughs> Warrior, Warrior's promos. The ultimate warrior. <laughs> and it's the closer to the veins and the comets and the stars and the sky and the universe and all. <laughs> I love the ultimate warrior, though, man. When he, when he came out and saved Hulk Hogan, I popped. I'm pretty sure that the dome was going to blow off the Hoosier Dome. Oh. R.I.P. Oh, to the, the all the warrior. warriors in the veins and the comets in the skies, whatever. Let's sign this off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it. Look at my voice squeak right there. Ultimate Warrior running wild. Episode 76. Thank you all so much for taking the time to run wild with the world's greatest co-host, Peyton Payne, and yours truly, Wells Mania. Until next episode, stay positive, run wild, embrace the nostalgia, and dominate the day! Yeah.